Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm Zobert, and this is episode 306. Gotta go fast. Hey, Julius. How are you doing, Albert? I didn't know any good quotes from, um, you know, Fast and Furious or anything like that. Oh. So. I thought it would be more of a Mad Max kind of quote here today. I don't know any good quotes from Mad Max. Those are both oh. movies I've heard of. <laughs> But maybe not ever having really seen because they, yeah, yeah. Okay, any? Do you know any Tina Turner songs? No. Hmm. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> then what are you doing playing Reckland Run? You know, maybe that's a good point. That that may be something you can bring up after I'm done talking about it. Okay. Well, let's hear about this game then. So yeah, today's game is Reckland Run, listeners. It is a Indeed. part of the what is it, Solo Heroes series? Solo Heroes series. Okay. It is part of the Solo Hero series because this is a set of games from Renegade that are solo only. They come in a smaller size box, or at least so far they have, and they are games designed to be played solo only. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I believe, the third one in the line. And the third one we covered. Th- yeah, because I've been covering them all so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in this game, you are... In a car, it's it's you're in a very tricked out, you know. Before before we get in, into this game, just just in case to give people context, the other two games in the series, which are they again? I forget the names. Um, it is Warp's Edge. Warp's Edge, yeah. Oh, and the, the other one is the it's the timed game where you are a gladiator. Um, a gladiator, but the name of it is not coming to mind without having to look it up. Okay, well, so it's those two games. <laughs> yes. But in this one, um, you are riding a tricked out Mad Max-ish car and you're racing down a a desert highway and there's these other cars that are rolling around your car and trying to shoot and blow you up. And your goal is to blow up all the other cars, culminating by blowing up the boss before your car blows up. It is a a campaign-style game. So there are multiple uh, scenarios as you play through the campaign. Uh, that will add additional complexity, additional things into the game. And I guess it's just rules package because there's not like extra stuff really that comes out that you're not aware of, but it is a campaign t- style game with some additional chapters and stories and bits for playing through on the campaign. But the general basic is the same that you're a car running down, trying to blow up a boss. You know, the way you described it, makes it sound like it fits in the series perfectly because uh you said all these cars are around you and that reminds me of the gladiator game whose name we don't recall where you're you got all these (laughs) other enemies all around you that you're fighting and killing proving ground proving ground yes that's it thank you it was bothering me now you have to look but it was bothering me uh and then i didn't didn't look i just remember okay (laughs) at the same time it also sounds like warp's edge because you're fighting all these enemies little by little until you get to that boss fight at the end yeah, it does. That aspect does feel like Warp's Edge, I will say. Okay, cool. So that is the theme. Let's talk about the components. Um, in terms of components, there's a lot of stuff that I like about the components. Um, the basic component you have is your big car board. There's a three by three grid laid out on your car, and there's the central spot. So your idea is that there's one of these cards that are going to go on your car. And the cards are different parts that you can put on your car. You're going to have to be very, mm-hmm. very specific and enunciate clearly. So you know when I'm saying card or car. 
But the cards go on your car because they're different parts that you can upgrade and they'll different, give you different ways of using your dice to attack or other tricks. So there's nine slots that fit on your board. One of them is filled by like a phantom card, a printed card on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the ability to ram your car into the other cars that are around you. Other than that, it's a spot to have other stuff around. Those spots are clear. They fit really nice. I will say that in terms of placing those there and lining it up to a degree where I am comfortable with how it looks, sleeves actually detracted from that for me because with the sleeves, they're a little bit wider and they don't fit on that board so well with sleeves. And so Mm. I actually ended up de-sleeving the game um, while I was playing with it because I wanted it to fit on that board better. Strictly for the aesthetic strictly for the aesthetic and also because it just i mean in terms of functionality they were hanging off the edge of that car board a little bit worse with those sleeves and so that was bothering okay so that is a thing um but otherwise the board is clear the layout is clear and it's only nine it's only eight around your center space so it doesn't really overwhelm me with a bunch of stuff it's all pretty clear speaking of those cards the part cards those are the cards that you're going to put on them it's a big icon for the number for the die you have to roll that's printed right on it and there's additional text or icon most of the time it's just an icon to show what it does an icon on the bottom is for its health because you're going to be taking destruction and you can assign destruction to the different parts And so the health of them is written on the bottom and also the dice you have to roll in order to buy them during the buy phase. And so we'll get back to that when we discuss that more in the rules, but it's printed on the cards. Um, In terms of clarity, everything except for the dice for the buy phase is clear. Um, You perhaps would expect that the dice for the buy phase is not clear, but I think that's because there was a print error. And if you remind me to discuss that, uh, when we get to the buy phase, I'll discuss that print error. Um, but it has it confused me for the longest time. Mm, okay. Let me ask you, was this, for some reason, I had it in my mind that this game used a flip book. Was that ever supposed to it be? It does a use a flip book. Oh, uh, okay. It does. The, but the flip book is only used for, it's a, bind, it's a bound book, which is used for the scenarios. And when you're doing a scenario, you open up to the right page in the scenario, and that allows you to reference what the boss's abilities are. Ah, uh, okay. So that's what the flipbook is for. Yes. And it's a good flipbook, too, I will say. Ooh. High quality. It's the right size. It's useful. It's got good graphics, good art. There's art on most of the pages. And all that stuff is really nice. Um, there is also enemy cards. So the enemy cards are going to be the cars that are circling around your car. So the idea is, is that you're constantly driving at the same speed as them. So you aren't physically moving down the table. The road is not, the road is blank ish for all intents and purposes. It's just mad that you're all moving along at relatively the same speed. Just there's a little bit of movement. So you move around each other. So your car is big and stays centered and the other cards the other cars or cards are moving around you to depict where it is that they are those enemy cards they all have a picture of the car that that enemy is driving taking up the bulk of it it's a nice picture it's good art 
They have on the bottom of them, they also show how much damage they get and they show how much damage they deal. And also there's a big old red spot for the die that causes them to attack when they're attacking. All of that is clear. All of that makes sense. There is also the damage cards. The damage cards are an extra set of cards that if some, one of your parts is blown up, you cover it over with a damage card. And theoretically you have to remove that damage during the buy phase. Okay. Lastly, there are pilot cards at every time through the campaign, you'll pick a pilot and he gives you a bonus power that you get to use over the course of the game. Personally, I found that the pilots were un, like not either. They are not balanced or I haven't understood the use of them. They are like a tiny little bonus amongst everything else that's going on to give maybe a little bit more replayability, but I feel like they're more just to be cool than anything else because they mm-hmm. just don't stand out that much. So that's in terms of all the cars, cards and cardboard components. There are also envelopes to the different scenarios. They each are just open envelopes. There's no labeling or anything for them because theoretically you play through the campaign multiple times. The envelopes are just to make it easier to store stuff because, you know, who wants plastic bags nowadays, mm-hmm. which is a serious comment. It's not it's not unlockable content then or anything like that. It's, it's just... not unlockable. You can theoretically skip to any chapter if you want. But why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, more fun to actually play through it as it is. But each one of them and you can you can replay all the chapters if you want, but each of them have icons. It's clear to match the icons, the cards that go in it. All that is fine. In terms of damage, the way you track damage is by the use of orange gems and red gems. So the orange gems, well, there's, I'm going to say there's smaller gems and bigger gems. Um, The smaller gems count as one damage. I mean, the bigger gems count as, um, Excuse me. Yeah, the smaller gems are one. The bigger gems are five. And they're a slightly different color. It's mm-hmm. it's useful to have the different gems. I just went out and bought more orange gems personally because I usually just it's easier just to it's easier just to stack up than mess with counting change. But hey, it is what it is. And then there's a bunch of dice. There's five white dice and three red dice that you'll use for rolling and determining what attacks you get to do and what attacks they get to use to attack back. And that's all the components. Okay. On the whole, I'm relatively happy with them, other than just I bought more orange gems to make it easier to not have to make change. They're they're all fine. Yeah, I mean, in these games, this series, the boxes aren't very big, so there's just not a lot of space for, for tons and tons of components. Oh, yeah, I've filled up the box. Yes, the, if you sleeve it, your box is filled to capacity. Okay. So that is all the components. There is also an extra expansion that came with the Kickstarter, which I didn't really open up so much. Uh, I know it has more enemies, more cards, some toxic damage that comes into it. I didn't mess with it too much. Okay. So that is all of the components. There is one last component, which is the rules. My personal copy had a slight misprint of the rules, so about four pages were hard to read. Fortunately, it's fine. The rules are available online. You can read those. I didn't bother trying to replace it. I just, it's it's somewhat readable. It's just not super clear. It didn't matter that much because, frankly, these rules are verbose. (laughs) It is a 30-page rule book. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is a lot. The game is kind of difficult to understand from the rules. I didn't understand it great, 
I know that there is a better, there is a guide that is available on BGG, which is a player aid um, by Shai Lavari, mm-hmm. which I had printed off and it was so good. I was tempted to print it off with a high quality print because frankly, it is a better summary of the game than a summary that is provided to the rules. Being able to read through that to understand the general idea of how the game works, it's better from the player aid than from the rules. The <laughs> rules, for some reason, just seemed to go back and forth enough to me that it was hard for me to understand on my first time through how to use it and how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for me to sort of reference between the two. Yeah. I downloaded the the player aid to, just to be able to follow along better. It looks really nice. It's very well done. It looks professional. Mm-hmm. It's definitely worth downloading if you got the game. You would think it's part, it should have been part of the components of the game. It's that good. Yeah. There's not really a player aid. Yeah. It, it's fantastic looking. It looks like he, I mean, he might've borrowed font from the game and, and layout and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, he did. He borrowed the assets, and that's—I mean, I don't have any issues with that. But right. it's really well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has part of what you'll see is that there's a flowchart that describes how you determine when to move forward and things like that. For this one, you sort there's not there's not that turn flow. It's not depicted as graphically and as clearly as in this player age chart. I wish there had been this player age chart somewhere in the rules. Mm-hmm. But okay. yeah, so kudos, kudos to him for, for doing a really good job with that. And it's, a, it's a thing with the rules and you'll figure it out, I guess. If you download the player aid, uh, make sure to give him a thumbs up for it and, and give him some geek code. Player aids are often underappreciated on BGG. <laughs> I hear that. So that is all about the components and the rules. I think that we didn't mention my thoughts about the theme. Um, but in terms of theme, it nails its theme. The theme of, of running running down the road is really well done, especially because it has a campaign book with a whole bunch of story text, which allows you to really give character, give emotion to the people that are running down shouting at you. Okay. All of the cars have specific names that tie really well to the, uh, the abilities the cars have. Same with the components. So theme is really hit well on the head. One of the concerns that I had before playing is that it doesn't feel like you're driving fast because everything is staying put. Everything is running around and you're, you're not moving forward. And I guess to a degree, you kind of feel that because it doesn't, it doesn't, it feels more like you have a turret and people are coming at you and attacking more so than your car driving down the road with some exceptions of when there's a couple times the campaign when there were specific things that come up where it's a road, where you have to run down a cliff, or there's times where you move through and you got to move past this spot and there's a cliff, or you have to move to town, and stuff happens that makes it feel more like a drive, Mm. but the base game doesn't feel like a drive but there's enough other theme in there that that's overcome and you forget about that for the most part. Okay. That sounds it. Yeah. I was kind of worried about that, honestly, because it seems very static. Yeah. 
and it does, but having a couple other things, if there were more of them just by standard, it would have been better. Like even if there were a small road, like a, a, a road where there's like a tile showing, Hey, you're moving along and your goal is to reach the end or something, just to sh- something to memorialize that you're moving down a road because without a specific scenario rule to show that you're moving down the road, your road is endless. There's no sense of moving forward and having some sense of moving forward helps that theme a lot for me, but it's present in a number of the scenarios. So like, do it, do you don't, I don't know. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Well then let's hear about the gameplay. So speaking in terms of the gameplay, there are two basic phases for how the game is going to be working. There is the run phase and the wreck phase, or as I'm going to call them, (laughs) the attacking phase and the buying phase. So during the buying phase, uh, the way it works is that you roll those eight dice that you have. The different parts are going to be out and available, and you'll have to spend different dice sets to be able to buy something. So for example... If a card says ABC, you have to spend three different um, dice numbers that are, you know, a, mm-hmm. a three number straight to be able to go, or a, a three number straight to be able to do that. So one, two, three, two, three, four, etc. Sometimes it has that you have to have a pair. Sometimes you have to have a four number straight or four of a kind. Or sometimes it has to be that they add up to a certain number, like seven or twelve. Sometimes it's just spend any color. All sorts of different things. Does this have like Yahtzee sort of stuff where you could get re-rolls and things like that too then? Yes, it does. Oh, okay. If you want, you can re-roll by discarding one of your available parts to get another one. So there's a limited amount of parts that you can buy. If you don't want any of those, you can discard one. Or if you don't have the dice to be able to use it, you can reduce your buy value by discarding a part to be able to re-roll the dice you have and hopefully be able to buy more cards okay that's cool those new parts can go over old parts to fix the damage and get new powers they can upgrade empty slots um if you have a destruction card though you have to repair the destruction card but that's that keeps a lot of stuff flowing that keeps a lot of stuff new um i had a bad habit of learning and figuring out how to use a card and then being relatively hesitant to replace it because you can repair (laughs) damaged parts and it's often easier to repair a part than to upgrade it, which means that it's cheaper and you get more cards. So until you're entirely full, like you're using the cards that you have, but when you're, when you are entirely full, you want to make sure you get all the damage off. So it is what it is. So a part could go anywhere on your car. It's not like a specific space for each part. Like, no, it can go anywhere, but some parts you're encouraged to put in certain spots because some parts have these wires around the edges. Mm-hmm. And if you have those facing out, when you ram, they'll do extra damage based on how much of that barbed wire is facing out. Ah, okay. So you could choose to put it some on a different side, but if you put it on the left side, because the wire's on the left, you're better off. Right. And in case it's not obvious, you'll want to put it on the left or the right because the side that the part is on is the side that it can shoot. So if it's on the left, it can only shoot left. If it's on the bottom left corner, it can shoot either left or bottom. Okay. And that sounds like that would then lead to some interesting choices later on when 
you draw a Correct. card and it's better on the left, but you have a lot of free spaces on the right and you don't want to give up the step on the left. Necessarily. And another thing that's true is that you may want to sometimes balance out where you have different types. Because, for example, some of them can damage all parts. Some of them can do a whole bunch of damage to a single one. So if you have one side that says, hey, there's a lot of damage on that. There's a lot of single focus damage on that. Maybe I should even that out. Or you may decide, hey, one of my, one of the sides, I'm not going to put a lot of damage into it. Instead, I'm going to put a whole lot of steering into it. And what those steerings do is you get to move an enemy card from that section to a different section. And so instead of have you'll essentially be defensive and just be tricking cards to move people around or move or adjust your dice values and leave all of your offensive damage in another slot. Mm-hmm. Or you may want to put shields in certain places. So there's a lot of a lot of strategy and decision making on where to put different types of cards. Okay. Well that sounds cool. A lot of the time I'm just grab the big cool stuff and blow people up. <laughs> nice. Okay. So the destruction cards that come out though. So if a if a slot on your board is destroyed, um, you'll replace instead of having a part card there, you'll have a destruction card there. The destruction card, so normally it takes a single die matching um matching the the card, the one that's printed on the card, because there's dice numbers printed on the cards. Mm-hmm. And you just have to match it and it heals all the damage from it. Destruction cards, though, you have to use two matching dice to do that. And obviously it takes two dice instead of one, and it's harder to repair. You also cannot do those repairs at all during the run phase, during the attack phase. So they're harder to do. What really bothers me is that normally everything else, if you need two matching, it's it's A and A. For this one, it's pound sign equal pound sign so it's a totally different icon and i assume that they were using a different set of icons originally and then they went actually i think they've even made comments about this that they were using a different set of icons originally and then they went to print and the icons changed except that they didn't update it on the destructions oops so oops yep okay well sorry yeah they, they made that mistake so you have to you have to deal with that. Um and it confused me because for a while I'm like, there's no way of repairing this. I don't know how do you trigger a number equal number thing? What is that? So I just assumed something would come out, but there's no, that's just a matter of reading the rules better. <laughs> because the rules do say that that is what destruction is, that you clear destruction by doing that, and they've had some erratas to be able to clear that it's A and A. So once oh, one last thing. The red dice, you can use those to buy, but if you use a red die, then you roll it on the boss chart and the boss chart tells you what to do. So sometimes they like extra damage or put extra enemies out or they get extra scrap to start with or all sorts mm. of negative things about what the challenges are. But if you don't use it, you have less buying power, so it's a choice. Once you've finished all of your buying, you begin the run phase. It's time for attacks. The scenario will list during each. So you'll have multiple rounds that you're trying to get through in order to be able to get up to the boss. So they'll list for like round one, how many enemy cards come out. Um, It lists how many cards come out in each sector. So top, bottom, left, right. And you draw enemy cards and put them there. If it's the last round, round three, you also get to deal out the boss card to the place where it says to deal it out. 
and then you have them all run out. You'll roll all of your, you'll roll all of your dice and the three red die. Each time you have to activate a red die. And what that means is you have to pick a car that matches one of those open dice or excuse me, that matches one of those dice. And as long as it has an open slot, you'll place the die on that enemy car and everything else that has everything, including it that matches that die slot will activate and then move around you clockwise. And so sometimes they'll deal you damage or shut down stuff or disable you. Usually it's just deal cards, deal damage to you. If you have the ability to place a die, but you must, if none of them can be placed, you instead roll the die and then it does whatever it says on the boss chart and does something bad from them, makes the boss worse, throws them extra enemies out, who knows all sorts of things. Okay, and the reason you couldn't place it is because maybe there's no enemies with that number or because all the enemies with that number already have a die on them. Already have a die on them, yeah. Okay. Um, then you get to spend up to three of your white dice to activate your cards. So your cards all have dice costs on them. You'll, when you, similar to how when they activate, you put a die on their card. When you activate one of yours, you put a die on your card, and then you can't use it until all the dice are getting cleared. There are cards that let you clear dice extra, clear them early so that you could double up on some things. Uh, And there are other cards that just let you reference or quote them, all sorts of different card functions. But usually you're using those cards just to throw it on something and deal damage to the bad guys and blow them up. When you blow up a bad guy, you get to use him as scrap. And from then on, whatever his dice value was, you can use that scrap to be able to use it for its die value. So it's essentially a bonus die that you have waiting around. But you only get the scrap if you exactly blow up the guy. Let's say his health is five. If you blow him up with five damage exactly, you get the scrap. If you blow him up for six, you've destroyed the scrap. You get nothing of that. Mm. Okay. Um, During the run round, you can use dice to heal damage or repair damage. It's more expensive than during the buy phase, but you can do it if you're running low. So work it out. (laughs) Um, If you get around, you do that three times. The first time you roll three red dice and place that, and then yours, two red dice, place one yours and then the last one you just roll to whatever it is you do that at that point in time you're going to be out of dice they should be out of dice check how many enemies there are if there's only two or less enemy cars you move to the next round if not move all of the dice and go again uh and you keep doing that now you said that you're rolling eight dice three are red five are white so unless some of them are spent yes but at the start of each turn you're rolling eight dice and then so each each round of that turn you're um for each turn in that round i guess whatever you're you're putting a red die and then a white die so at the end don't you have no you you must put a red die out okay then you can put up two three dice out if you don't like any of them or the cards aren't in the right spot or the rolls aren't great, or you just don't feel like it's the time for it, you don't have to. But you place up to three white dice. So the next time mm-hmm. also, and it's, you have to, excuse me, you have to put at least one, one white die. Okay. But you can do one, one, and then you have a whole bunch left. So one point in time, you may run out of dice. You won't be able to do the full three because you only have five. 
So if you do three and then two, you're out. You don't you don't have any more. But then if you did that, you probably also got some really good rolls, and that's also not hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hopefully, I mean, your goal is to blow them up before they blow you up. So that hopefully works, but it could be that it doesn't. Okay. And then there is a boss. Is the boss any different, or or just more of him? The boss is more of the same. He's just bigger, better, better. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually like a normal guy has like five damage. They have like twenty five damage. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to kill them and that they, you know, deal damage straight to your core. They blow up a whole slot of things. They turn off, they, they poison you. They make you run off the road. There's all, there's all sorts of things and they're just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason they're the boss. They, they didn't get there by just being lucky. Correct. Yes. <laughs> they, they are very boss like, but they blow you up and do all sorts of rough stuff to you. Um, as a reminder, you can ram. We talked about the barbed wire before, but instead of spending a die, you can just put a die in the center to be able to ram and deal damage on a side. So it's a backup way to use dice that don't work. Or with a one or two, you can use some additional bonus abilities um, to mess with dice or to scrap up stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so so I want to hear your thoughts. It sounds interesting. The game sounds like there's a lot of choices each on both phases, both the rec phase and the run phase of how to use your dice and if you want to do rerolls and stuff when you can and whatnot. So it sounds like mm-hmm. there's a lot of choices and it sounds like there might be interesting choices. I mean, it also sounds like some games like that that sound that, that you do the rolling and sometimes the choices are obvious. Yeah. That's the one concern I would have here. I, I think that concern is pretty evident. Is it, uh, When... In the buy phase, yeah, you have choices. You think, hey, I, I want to set it up. I want to move this around. And, like, I, I build my – and, again, to me, if you don't have the run around, to me, this feels like a turret game where you're building up a tower and stuff is attacking you from all sides. So in the buy phase, yeah, you build up stuff and you you build up your spot and then they come in and attack you. But during the run round – you're like, hey, everyone's lined up over here. If I roll a five, great, I, I hit everyone over here. If I don't roll a five, I don't hit everyone over mm. here. I guess I need to use a die to ram or use a die to change another ability. And then hope you roll a five next round. Or I mean, mm. you can use a one or two. I mean, it lets you adjust another die by one. So, like, if you mm-hmm. roll a four and you need a five, hey, I can I can use a one to change it to a four. I mean, it costs me an extra die to do this, so I have less damage that I can do this round because I, I didn't roll a five. But I guess, like, I needed a five. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the dice are more powerful because they have specific things, so they run less often. But, I mean, if I get them, then I do I do better. Yeah, so your choice is either use the five you got or try and change something else to a five. And if you can't, yeah. if you can't do the first, do the second. If you can't do the second, then get rid of a bad one and roll again. But yeah. yeah, it doesn't sound like a choice. And similarly with the enemies, like you roll, you roll three dice, and now I, I look around my board and see well which one of these does the meat, which one does the least damage. Hey, he does the least damage to me. L- let me do that one. I, I found it. I did it. And then mm-hmm. the last time, like you're down to one more die. L- let me roll this. And they attack me. 
Yeah. Let me let me go and figure out. Well, which ones? Which ones attacking me? Oh, all of them are attacking me. Well, let me because I rolled this one. Damage here. Damage here. Damage here. Damage here. All done. And okay, that they all now spin. You have to move the cards and spin them around. And now I'm ready to like, hey, they're in the right spot, so maybe I get to attack them. Hmm. The the wreck the the wreck phase the attack phase to me felt repetitive and boring it did not feel like an exciting high speed adrenaline filled chase sequence with nitros and octane and like i i wanted something that felt like you know, heat the the like a racing board game yeah. where I'm racing around a track and I feel all of that afterburner. Like we're moving, we're going, we're gunning and running. I wanted all of that adrenaline of the forward movement, and it didn't drive that home as much to me as a more sedate pace where I'm sitting here. I built my turret, and here they come more reminded me of a video game where you build a turret where all of the turret runs basically on autopilot. Mm -hmm. right? And it's built to me like a tower defense game. You get a turn where you build up your tower, you buy all your stuff from your tower and then you say, okay, I'm ready for the phase. Let the people come in and see if I survive this round and you survive the round and, or you don't, Yeah. but it felt more like that to me. And then at that point in time, like, Hey, I'm not doing a whole lot here, but at least I set it all up. The buy phase also, I mentioned, I'm pretty stagnant about the stuff I want. If I slot something, it's usually slotted there. So sort of like my car is built. And so now my whole goal is to take as little damage as I can and heal up. Because like, what am I going to do? Spend an extra die to clear a part? Like this setup is working fine. Having to analyze, there's eight other cards here. I don't know that I want to deal with having to think that hard. Like, can I switch this one to this one to that one, that one? Like I made it through the last one on this setup. Why am I messing with it? Okay. Yeah. It it's worked. And, and because it's also random, you don't know. I mean, it may be, it may not work as well next round, depending on what comes out, I guess, but it may, yeah, it may not. So why change it? And I'd rather just like, why am I messing? Like the red dice, for example, there's so much disincentive for using the red dice and making a buy. I just will not buy. Like I'll just repair. It's yep. it's fine. I'm okay. just going to repair and move on. So it's a game with a lot of choices that don't matter too much. <sighs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've really liked the other solo hero series games, but this one for me really fell kind of flat. I did not enjoy, it didn't feel high adrenaline and it didn't feel like my choices matter more than just tracking everything it felt mm -hmm. like i had to do a lot of tracking gotcha. this is a game that would do well with a timer i would think you know this should have been a game that, that you feel like you're moving fast and it, things are urgent and whatnot yeah i that mean would, that would have been the same thing as proving ground and proving ground did that proving ground yeah. had proving ground is a high adrenaline battle because you are moving fast you've got those dice you've got to rapidly figure out what you're doing and the cleanup phase in Proving Ground is not very difficult. It takes me, I'm rolling for a minute. I'm cleaning up for like 20 seconds. Maybe I'll make it depending on how much decision time I want to think about things. But usually even then it's like clean up. All right, let's go. And I'm going. And that maintains a lot of the adrenaline 
this one did not maintain a lot of the adrenaline, but frankly, I don't think it needed a timer. I think a driving game needs to drive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't have driving it. Your car stays center. Every once in a while you get to steer, which somehow moves cars around you, (laughs) but you don't move. I mean, can I, I, like I've watched these things before. I think usually if I veer to the left, like all the cars go to the right. Like, no, just one of them does. Uh, Did I tractor beam him around? Like, (laughs) what did I do? How? It sounds like an old video game, you know, that that's what would have happened in an old game from the (laughs) eighties. I mean, it does. It's like one of those ones where it just lights up a little bit pixel every once in a while around the spot. It's Yeah. Yeah, and each of those little pixels, it's a car. Trust me, it's a car. Yeah, it's and a this car. game it has that kind of feel, doesn't it? It does. They tell they tell you they're cars, but it doesn't feel like you're fighting against an enemy necessarily. No, but it shame. feels too much like a turret to me, and it feels like just let it run and let it do. Okay. Did you enjoy the campaign aspect of it? Yeah, I think the campaign is a good addition. It adds additional rules. It adds additional scenarios. It's nice. Um, the additional storybook gives a lot of story elements and it brings a lot of characterization to it. At having played through or read through the whole campaign, I played through almost all of it. Having played through almost all of it and read through the rest, at that point in time, I feel like I don't want to play the whole campaign. The game wasn't drawing enough that I want to play the whole campaign. I'd rather just be, hey, here's a scenario. But then you don't get as much story, but frankly... Does the story the story doesn't fix the fact that it doesn't feel like a drive to me, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just be scenarios having done it. But if it had succeeded, I would have loved the campaign. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, well, that's a shame. It sounds like the, the third game in the series is a little bit of a miss there. Um, sounds like it's got some yeah. neat things, but maybe, maybe not necessarily enough to play a whole lot. Is this a, okay, is this a game? Well, do you still own this game? No. Get rid of it. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I I wouldn't think so. It didn't sound like you still own it. Um, if I find it at the game store in the consignment shelf, and I looked, picked it up, and I said, "Oh, look, this cost. I should buy it. How much? How much is a? How much should I pay for it? Seven dollars. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's that's pretty low. Yeah. Because the fact that it encourages you to play a campaign. You have to, it's going to encourage you to sit down and play through the whole, whatever, seven scenarios. Mm -hmm. I did not make it through the seven scenarios. I got bored playing through everything that is being put on offer. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a lot of sit down for that. I think that if it didn't make me feel like, oh my God, it's still going. If I would have felt the satisfaction of having a game finished instead of having to finish campaign, it might've been even better. But I didn't even get that satisfaction. Gosh, okay. I, I see. There's a, there seems to be some errata for it. Did you did you check that out already? Do you know if you like maybe playing stuff wrong or something? The errata? You mean the the file or with the, the fact, four yeah. basic things? I've I think I did. Okay. Pretty sure I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I'm glancing over it. Yeah, I did. All right. So okay. So so not so great. So. Episode's going a little long, but uh, I think if I remember correctly, I think you rank this series first is Warp Speed, then Proving Grounds, and then this one last. 
I mean, I, I wouldn't even put it up there because the other two I still recommend. <laughs> you don't even I don't rank know it. That so I, want to even rank I don't even rank it. It's not even ranked because the other two I recommend. Is your fourth game planned not, yet? Do you know? Not yet. There is more planned. That, okay. But I have not been informed what they are, but I know they've told me there's more. <laughs> I'm still excited for the series because I really like the series, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I think this one is going to have to drive off into the sunset for me. Well, all right. Cause, cause I think I'm out of gas. So, <laughs> so let's just stop here. Nicely done, Albert. All right. Thank have you, a good Julius. night, all. Yeah, and a happy fourth, Julius, and everybody else. I hope you enjoyed your fourth. If you celebrated it all, you're in the U.S. <laughs> all right. You as well. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.